First and foremost, I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land upon which we, myself, and my guests record today's podcast. I extend respect and gratitude to the elders past, present, and emerging of those nations, and to all Aboriginal peoples listening today. Always was, always will be. Hello and welcome. I'm Timberlina and you're listening to Yas Queen, the podcast where we talk about everything without knowing anything about everything. We have another Queer Chat episode for you this week and I'll be joined by Amy and Laura from Secret Book Stuff. Amy and Laura are the biblical files behind social enterprise Secret Book Stuff, partners in business and life. They are both freelance writers, avid readers, whiskey enthusiasts and advocates for all things books and kindness. Secret Bookstuff is currently operating as an online store full of pre-loved and brand new books as well as bookish gifts. For every book sold they plant a tree via one tree planted and donate a book to a child in a rural Australian community. Send a book to a friend or treat yourself. Tell the Secret Book Girls what you like to read and they will find your perfect match. You can check this all out at www.secretbookstuff.com. This episode, we discuss all about their business and what they do. We also have some really fun questions that we end the episode with. So let's get straight into this episode. Welcome to Yas Queen, the podcast. This week, I'm very excited to have a secret book staff, Amy and Laura, on the podcast. Welcome, guys. Hi. Thank you. Um, so let's get straight into it. Can you just tell everyone your names and where you're based? Sure thing. I'll go first. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm Amy, um, and I'm based in Newcastle. I'm Laura, and I'm also based in Newcastle. <laughs> Yes, Newcastle for the win. Yeah. Um, I feel like you guys might live like really close to me as well. Yes. What, have you seen us on a street or something? Yeah, I see you guys on Derby Street all the time. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> it happened this morning. Somebody saw us on a walk and posted on their story. Oh, my God, take a book girl's highlight of my morning. It was really embarrassing. I was like, Laura, yeah. were you picking your nose or something? <laughs> I feel like I'm so lucky because I'm usually in character So when people see me. So when they see, yeah. they don't really recognize me out of character. So. Oh. Real good. Mm. Um, have wigs or something so yeah. that we can be anonymous. Yeah. Yeah. Or just start wearing heaps of makeup or like something. Yeah. Like the shop. yeah. Different personality for outside <laughs> of the house. Yeah. Um, can you tell everyone about your business and how it started um, so they get a little bit of background on who you are and all of that, Jazz? Sure. Um, I'll start because mm-hmm. this is, I usually start this question because it was me who started Secret Book Stuff. Um, almost three years ago now, which is crazy. And I started it as a bit of a side hustle slash random act of kindness project. Um, I was, well, I thought I was moving overseas. I had way too many books to take with me. So I decided to wrap them up in recycled paper and leave little notes on them and then like drop them around town as random acts of kindness. And I started a little Instagram account posting where I was leaving the books, like what cafes and stuff. And the idea caught on really quickly. And then I think it was ABC radio got in touch with me and did an interview. And then suddenly everyone was messaging, asking if I could send a book to their friend who was having a rough time or whatever. So I set up this really simple website where you could donate the cost of postage. um, And I would choose a book for your friend and wrap it up and send it off with a handwritten note. So that's kind of how it all started. And it, grew from there it's been really organic um laura and i got together six months after i started and that was really the catalyst point for us like we started doing markets yeah and selling because we were just like well i was just hemorrhaging money yeah because i ran out of my own books so then i had to start like buying secondhand books and then wrapping them up and taking donations and wrapping them up and i realized that amy was hemorrhaging money yeah and i was like well like you love it like we both love it and i loved i loved secret book stuff so much before i even knew that it was amy or before i even knew of amy's existence pretty mm-hmm. much and i stalked the project like and wrote about it for so many local like online magazines like how amazing this local project is 
and I put like little hints in the article like if this is you like hit me up let's chat kind of thing <laughs> um and it took a long time a lot of digging to find out who it actually was at the helm mm. um and then yeah it was very anonymous at first yeah it yeah. was like then we just started doing markets and selling books um and it became more of that online platform where it was like more of a gifting service and more of a mm. curated book selection service mm. um so less, i guess like yeah. we should say the fundamental part of secret book stuff is the secret books so the online gifting is that you fill in a form and you tell us why you're sending a book to your friend and what you like to read and then we combine our hectic book snobbishness mm. and pick a book perfectly for that person and write a handwritten note and send it off so we started selling books at market so that yeah. we could like cover the cost of the random acts of kindness we were doing so for every book you buy we would then donate two as random acts of kindness so that we could like cover the cost of the materials that was not covering the cost <laughs> yeah but then like as it's grown um yeah it's turned into more of a curated gifting service I yeah suppose. and then got like a like, subscription and all yeah. that kind of stuff now and obviously we had the shop which kind of fell into our laps a little bit oh yeah talk about the shop um we'd always like you know opening up a bookshop was just one of those things that we talked about like oh yeah you know like when we're super old or whatever and have nothing else to do and have heaps of money and you know <laughs> um like you know we can do that but um it kind of just like fell into our laps really. Mm. So it was yeah. just over a year ago, we got a really cryptic email from somebody saying, hi, we have an opportunity for you to open a shop front for secret book stuff in the center of Newcastle. Give me a call. And we were like, what is this weird spam email? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. we were curious enough. And so we called and it ended up being the um, opportunity to, open the retail shop at the station, like yeah. the old Newcastle station right in town. So we did that until, until COVID-19. <laughs> God love COVID-19. Well, right. I'm asking a few questions then. How has business changed since COVID-19 hit? That's a really good question. So Amy was away when it all hit because, like, we'd had such this hectic lead-up and Amy was like, I really, I just like need some time. And she got mm. offered the opportunity to go and like hang out with her parents for a couple of weeks and like turn off, switch off mm. the world basically and like recuperate. And that was when COVID-19 hit. Mm. So it was like, I went, we closed the shop really early mm. um, because I just saw it. I didn't want to put anyone in jeopardy or in danger. Um, you know, people picking up books and stuff like this. It's not like yeah, a non-contact so thing. And like sanitizer hurts the books. Like, you mm. know, all of these things that I was just like, it's just too hard. Um, we just went back to doing online. And so I drove like my little van down to the shop and just mm. like loaded as much stuff as I could in the back and all of our plants and moved it into like our tiny three bedroom apartment that we share with um, two other people. Two other people. <laughs> um, and that's pretty much what we've been doing. Yeah. So it was actually kind of like, I mean, it was a shock, but it was nice to get back to the roots of the online store, you know, because we were doing the online stuff for 18 months before we opened the physical shop. And yeah. then obviously like the physical shop really took over our lives um, so and running events and book clubs and poetry nights and all that kind of stuff. It was just hectic. Yeah. And so we've sort of been able to go back to basics a little bit and just focus on like choosing the perfect book and wrapping it up and writing the note. And it's been really nice. Like yeah. I've really loved it. So it's just taken it back to really to the beginning, really. Mm. Yeah. You wanted the business to run. And yeah. I feel like for me, like when it comes to business, and all of that kind of stuff, this COVID, when it's hit, it's just like, oh, I can now think about what I'm going to put into my show and what I want to yeah. do in the next six months instead of just like, what am I doing next week? What's in my calendar? It's just oh, like, yeah. I feel like it's yeah. totally get that. really made everyone go back, mm. months, which is really good. Yeah, like a good collective exhale. We all yeah. got to sort of figure out what's really important to us. We got to have heaps of conversations about the direction mm. of Secret Book Stuff and our own lives um, yeah. that we I haven't had it. the chance to do in ages. Yeah. So. I welcome it because I enjoy staying at home and not talking to anybody. <laughs> so I'm my best self on Instagram talking yeah. to people via like virtually. So mm. it's great. 
I'm just like, everyone's like, has your life changed? And I'm like, not really. I just have less of an obligation now to text you back. That's so funny. Actually, <laughs> I forgot to tell you this, but somebody, um, a friend of mine sent me a message today saying, you and Laura just look so good at the moment. You both got this glow about you, especially Laura. Like she just looks totally different. And I was like, yeah, it's because she doesn't have to interact with the rest of the world. Yeah. <laughs> She's awesome. living her best life. Yeah. <laughs> I must say I'm loving it sick too. Cause I don't have to like, people don't have to touch me and stuff. So. Mm. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a big one. Yeah. yeah. People don't really go around touching us. So I feel not. a bit grateful for that. <laughs> I'm jealous. Um, <laughs> What makes you most passionate about the business? I know you've like touched on it briefly, but. Mm. Well, I think for me, the core of Secret Book stuff has always been about kindness and about books. It started with my love of books, my wanting to share books with other people, but also doing something kind for somebody else. So that's really been the heart of it this whole time. Like we've never mm. lost those core values. Um, and I just feel super lucky to have found somebody in Laura who feels the same way as me about books in mm. particular, you know, like we bonded over books in the first place. Yeah. So um, if there's anybody to be running the business with, it's, it's going to be <laughs> you. That's nice. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. my basic answer. I, you. I guess like I have such a passion for stories and sharing storytelling. Um, and to me, books have always been this beautiful, tangible object. Like I'm such a collector of things. Um, and I like the idea that books will outlive all of us. You know, I've worked with books from the 1700s and they are almost as new as what they were. Um, and I love the idea that what we do is like, we're giving somebody an opportunity to like transport to another world or like be reminded that they matter and that they exist in this world. And mm -hmm. I think that every day Amy reminds me of kindness like every word out of her mouth is always like are you being kind today <laughs> instead of are you judging that person today <laughs> like, you know like it's always this beautiful kindness element to everything that that we do mm. oh, makes me like I just reevaluated how nasty I was to everyone today uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, cutting back from like the business do you both have other jobs as well or is it do you do this full time um that question the answer to that question changes every day every day <laughs> yeah so oh, I guess I'll kind of start with mine so before we kind of decided that maybe one of us needed to get a job um just to like support the shop support the other person like secret book stuff has enough work for like 10 full-time workers but mm. the income is not really matching up with because that, so. we should also mention here that like secret book stuff is a social enterprise as well yeah. so we give I mean, everything away yeah like <laughs> when we were running the physical shop in 2019 we used a hundred percent of our profits to drive out to remote communities and visit kids in schools and donate books to them and run kindness workshops so like mm. we didn't pay ourselves we didn't take a profit or anything like yeah. it all just fed back into that yeah. kind of kindness element um and we didn't want to deviate from that we yeah we didn't want to like do something different we didn't like want to compromise on the profitable. kindness so we we felt like yeah we should get out i mean the whole time we have had other jobs like we're both freelance writers so we just haven't had like regular work but we've yeah. been surviving on both of us having freelance income and like sometimes random casual jobs and stuff like mm. that but yeah so it was over Christmas we were both working full-time on secret book stuff um and then come January after the Christmas rush we got jobs again yeah and now we had to shut the shop so we were both really lucky to get jobs again yeah, to get jobs again and, and just run on the the shop online at night and yeah weekends <laughs> yeah so it's changed a lot in the journey of secret book stuff like there's always one of us working outside of secret book stuff mm. at least um but now we both are as well so yeah yeah everybody people have jobs outside of their passions as well just letting you know <laughs> exactly it's normal yeah um because a lot of people are like oh my god you make so much money in drag and i'm just like no <laughs> i mean honestly people don't really understand like unless you've been in the industry like the creative industries or freelancing or whatever yeah people just don't like people who have had nine to five jobs their whole life 
don't get it. They just They'll don't never get understand. It. And I think it's just like, you know, we always wanted to never have secret book stuff, feel the financial pressure or like this hectic burden of like, hey, I'm eating beans here, man. <laughs> like I want to go out for coffee or like, you know, I've got rent to pay, whatever. Mm. Um, we didn't want to be pushing. I mean, like we, we ran like 50 odd events in 20 weeks or something last oh, year. Like oh, it was I'm still dying. Um, and so we didn't want to do that again. Mm. So, um, yes, I work full time, um, doing like I work for Erbros, um, doing their social media and communication, um, and you know, gin. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And like, like we said, we both, we both do a lot of freelancing and I've like, teach at the uni teach creative writing at the Mm. uni like so last year when we opened the shop it was seriously like i mean and we're just glad that there were there's two of us it's the closest we can get to cloning ourselves you know i would go and teach all day and then i'd come and you know meet laura at the shop at 4 p.m and she would like rush out to the post office and post orders and you know go to the grocery store and whatever and then you know the next day we'd switch positions so it was just Yeah. yeah it was a lot we'd run an event (laughs) every night it's a lot of time management Mm. yeah (laughs) i would hate to see if you guys have like a calendar that you have share like i'd hate to see that (laughs) we do have a shared i'm like so like you should see i have like whiteboards all around the room for like my actual job and then in for our secret book stuff we have like a shared calendar and i'm also Mm. like writing up beautiful amazing schedules on word and color coding everything Mm -hmm. that i'm doing Mm -hmm. like how long i have for breakfast Mm -hmm. like this is like where i'm at laura does all the meal planning yeah yeah well thanks for finding time to fit me in (laughs) well you know thanks to COVID 19 here we are on a casual tuesday with a glass of wine doing a podcast not running an event (laughs) thank goodness it's been Um, a nice relief yeah your events what events do you run and where and cool. so we were running like heaps of events out, out of the shop so we did an event called just right which is like an hour of power of um writing with you know no no noise it's just about like being accountable for your work mm-hmm. we did heaps of like author talks as well um we did our really amazing readers club where people come in and they talk about a book they're reading because I didn't want to do a conventional book club because mm. I didn't want to read anything anyone told me to. Mm. Um, and then we did some eco sustainability nights during plastic free July last year as well. Yeah. Some poetry nights, markets, um, like we were going to markets all the time still charity because, fundraisers. Like yeah. we did the Schaefer cure one. Mm. We just did like, we just took the opportunity everything. while we had that space to do everything and anything that we were passionate about that we could get organized um, poetry readings we did a gig mm. as well oh, yeah we did gigs. gigs they were fun yeah. like little acoustic gigs in the bookshop that was beautiful that's yeah. cool yeah. amazing because yeah. i like obviously i feel like anybody in newcastle that hasn't heard about you guys has been living under a rock um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice <laughs> um because like i saw you everywhere like last year i saw mm. you everywhere so, um, and then I That's was retired. Yeah. <laughs> I totally get that. Um, and you put like all your energy, like when it's your passion, you put every last bit of energy into it. So it's, I take my hat off to you. This is the break that you guys needed. Thank you. <laughs> um, favorite book of all time. I'm sure everyone's wanting to know that. Gosh. This is a toughie. I can't, I, like, I literally can't do it. Yours I was thinking all about the time. this. Um, yeah, I definitely have a top five, but I don't have one book that like, you Tell know, like, your top five. Gonna... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what's yeah. your top five? If I was on a desert island, I would take these five <laughs> books with me. Harry Potter, number three, Prisoner of Azkaban, mm. um, White Oleander, mm, like literally makes my loins burn. Mm. It's the best book. Um, Insomniac City, High Fidelity. Mm. I've only got one left. I'm nervous. What are you gonna? What were you gonna say? I've got five. Looks like you were gonna say something. No. Uh, there's too many. I feel like I need that uh, music that's like. Da, na, na, na. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm going to come back to my fifth one. You go. Um, my list, I guess, because I think you can never really have just one. Um, my favorite book ever is In Cold Blood by Truman Capote. I love it. I first read it when I was in year 12. Um, it's really amazing. I also love Tonight I'm Someone Else. It's an essay collection by Chelsea Hodgson about New York. I am obsessed mm-hmm. with New York and anything to do with New York. Um, and also I'll Tell You In Person by Chloe Caldwell is another really great one. Um, Hold Your Own by Kate Tempest, a poetry collection. Um, and I'll also go High Fidelity as well because mm-hmm. I really love that book. And that book's responsible for us kind of getting together. Yeah. But I'll, I know my number five now. I'm going to pick Hold Your Own by Kate Tempest as well Ooh. because Laura gave me her copy when we were first getting together and she, like, filled it with little love notes and stuff and, like, folded down pages of her favourite poems that, like, remind me of her now. So oh. I probably take that on the island with me. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> uh, that's really sweet. Also, I love that you're obsessed with New York. Um, I'm so like I miss it I've literally been binge watching Law and Order because (laughs) of like the street shots of New York like I I went for the first time last year and I just like always wanted to go and as soon as I got there I just felt like my whole body relaxed and I was like yeah it was really weird I'm here, like I'm so ready and I loved every single moment of it which and is, I miss it. Which is weird, right? Because we were just <laughs> talking about how Laura doesn't like to interact with the outside world. Yeah. But she loves New York. Like what the fuck? Like because you don't make any you sense be, as a person. You can be anonymous. <laughs> it's like the city is so big that no one cares about you. So you can sure. just literally do whatever you want to do and people aren't afraid to tell you how they feel. Like I miss people like yelling in the street to be like, get out of here, I'm walking, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like really bad. Really you know bad. how, like, big that city is, right? So I spent, I've been there, like, six or seven times now. New Year's Day, seven years ago, maybe, I ran into a family friend in the subway. Oh, my God. Oh, I love those stories. Oh, my I'm God. I'm just like, uh, what are you doing here? And he's like, what are you doing here? And I was like, this is weird. <laughs> I was so hungover. Um, but I love that city. My sister is based in Memphis, Tennessee, and her partner's oh. family all live on the Upper West Side. Amazing. Um, That's cool. So it's really cool. Oh, gosh, I miss... I freaking hate Trump and, like, how he's just killing everybody over there at the moment. Um, I really miss New York. Yeah. Um, let's keep going, because I'll probably get really angry <laughs> if we don't keep going. <laughs> um, you're a couple... Um, when did you first meet? Hmm. Uh, you can answer that question. Okay, so Laura and I realise in hindsight that we crossed paths a lot. Um, like so many times, like yeah. all the way back to like Groove in the Moo 08. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like, but I'm talking like before we, like the six months before we got together, we were both writing for the same Newcastle publication. So we knew of each other. Um, we were reading each other's stuff. We, I think we followed each other on Instagram mm. and we started interacting a bit, talking about books a lot, Yeah, obviously. And then one day Laura asked me if I wanted to grab coffee, coffee. and I was like, yeah, that would be awesome. I think I just thought we were going to talk about like, you know, being writers and what we were reading and stuff. And so I scheduled 15 minutes in my busy, busy <laughs> schedule. It was like my one day off. I was Amy working a lot. Up, Amy rocked up in pajamas mm-hmm. with no bra on. Yep. And my pajama top, no bra. Beach hair. Yeah. Classic Amy. I was dressed. Yeah. Well, you obviously picked your outfit the day before. Yeah. <laughs> Laid it out. Yeah. <laughs> this is the difference between us. Anyway, so I showed up at coffee and we were there for three and a half hours. Um, and we just had some really great chats. And then I think I asked for your number, like in this really roundabout. Yeah. Oh, I messaged you on Instagram and I was like, give me your number so I can never text you because I was talking in our coffee date about how much I hate texting. Mm. Um, cause I just joined Tinder for the first time or I was just about to, cause mm. I, yeah, my friends were like, you've got to get on the Tinder train. So I was like, fine. Um, my profile literally said, I said, I'd never joined Tinder and I hate texting. (laughs) So I was telling Laura about it. And then I was like, give me your number so I can never text you. Mm. And she did. And then I literally didn't text you for like five weeks. So I couldn't do anything with it. Yeah. And she had my number. That's also a classic Amy move. Yeah. I didn't really think about like, I wasn't like, 
putting the moves on or anything. I just thought maybe we I could was. chat via text instead of via Instagram DMs um, <laughs> that I just forgot about chatting for ages and then we ran into each other this was all like leading up to like the summer christmas period um and we ran into each other a few times in town and then um new year's new year's was the big bang yeah (laughs) so i can say this now because we no longer work there but um on new year's eve what was it 20 2017 um amy rocked up on my doorstep on what street at like quarter to 12 and I was like mm-hmm. I just didn't think that I didn't think that she would come I didn't think that she understood what the hell was happening I ditched the party I was at yeah and she just rocked up in this uber looking like phenomenal and amazing at a quarter to midnight on New Year's Eve and I still <laughs> happened to have keys for like a certain old converted church and that's where we <laughs> spent New Year's Eve in there yeah and then we went to the beach and that was that. Yeah. 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 So that was the beginning of it all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. Good Wait till story. I can answer that question for um, my other half. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what were your first impressions of each other? Well, I don't know, like, when, when in the storyline are we talking here? Maybe when we had like when we had coffee. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So oh, you go first. <laughs> I thought that you were I thought that you were an incredibly complex human with a brain that I wanted to know I wanted to know what it was like to think like you. Like I wanted to know the thoughts that you were thinking and what that means. And I wanted to know what you were reading. I was just so curious about you. And I felt like you were so just like, so graceful. You're just like, you know, like you just step (laughs) into any environment and you're just like, yes, I'm here. Um, And now seeing you fall over many times, I know that that's not true. (laughs) I'm pretty graceful though. I mean, compared (laughs) compared to you. (laughs) Um, That's a good answer. It really is. is. <laughs> but you've uh, really thought about these. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh. Okay. About the marshmallow thing. Oh, that's right. I remember describing Laura to somebody really early on, before we got together, as a marshmallow coated in steel. And it was really weird because it just like came out of my mouth, and I didn't mm. even know Laura very well, so I didn't really know much about her. But that was my, I guess, gut impression was that. She was like, I thought she was like really cool and tough. Yeah. But I just had a sense that she had this like gooey inside that came out in like her poetry and stuff. And so I now know that Laura is the most marshmallow of marshmallows. Like she's the biggest softie in all the land. Don't but tell everybody. You do have this like fierce kind of, you know, coat. I suppose hmm. when you need it, um, and so I thought. I thought she was cooler than she is. <laughs> you know, I thought. Damn like, it! There's no backing up now. <laughs> yeah. about town and like, then I thought like you probably went to heaps of parties and God, no. um, you know, you were just like really cool. But yeah, now I know that you just like to stay at home watching Law and Order. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not talk to anyone. It's the best. Which was a relief for me actually because I'm an introvert and so you know, I'm not a fan of parties and I sort of thought to myself, I don't know if I can keep up with this girl. So it was good that mm. I realised the truth <laughs> pretty quickly. I feel like that's a good answer now that you've said that because, like, obviously we worked together for a very short time mm. um, and that's how, I, like, I see it now. It's like mm. the truth. See mm. it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I really was. I was like such a sassy little bitch, especially at weddings. Oh, Laura's such a bitch. Yeah. Like I'd be scared of Laura if I was on the receiving end of her, you know, fierceness. (laughs) If you're a guest at a wedding, don't be a fucking a-hole. I know. Mm. I know. I still talk about it with Brie (laughs) and Adam about what that does to you as a human working weddings. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just like, everyone's like, oh, don't you miss doing weddings? I'm like, no, no, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. I love just turning up and doing like the first part before everyone's drunk. Yeah, the nice part. Yeah. 
and you think can be the entertainment as opposed to like the shit kicker mm. cleaning yeah. up glasses <laughs> and i take my hat off to every freaking wait staff out there that has to work weddings yeah mm-hmm. you're killing it <laughs> to anyone that's listening <laughs> that does it um as a couple that work together how does that work for business and personal life mm. like is there a mix? Is it the same? Does it all? It's like I'm. I'm it's really tough. big. I'm. I'm really big on like separating that time between, you know, like maybe let's let's just like not talk about the business for like mm. two hot minutes. Whereas like Amy will wake me up at two a.m. with a really great secret book stuff idea, mm. and I'm like, oh god, <laughs> I'm a workaholic. Like I yeah. can't. I find it really difficult to switch off. I can't stop. And yeah. So. Which is so interesting because, like, I thought that I was a workaholic and yeah. I didn't know what the, 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 the level. level. <laughs> I didn't know. So, like, yeah, I'm, I'm the one. Laura keeps me in check, but that's what we fight about mostly. Yeah, because I'm yeah. like, hey, let's just do, like, an hour of secret book stuff things today and then we'll just, like, carry on and, like, live a weekend day like some people mm. tend to do whereas um, i can't sit still very long yeah i'll be like all right i watched an episode of the office with you yeah let's get back and do some work now yeah you know all right like i sat down for two <laughs> bites of dinner with you like but now i've got to like go <laughs> gotta go <laughs> <That's enough downtime. laughs> well so yeah it's yeah. just like yeah but we're getting better yeah. yeah yeah and like we definitely we give ourselves well we give each other a break a lot of the time like yeah. when we were running the shop last year in particular um we had we started to do separate days so we would just kind of like both go in there all the time unless one of us was at another job and then eventually we were like hold on a second we need to have like frosted days so that we're not just in each other's pockets 24 7 and we can kind of look forward to seeing each other at the end of the day yeah (laughs) which we weren't really doing for a while there so that's yeah that was really nice yeah It's just about like managing the balance as much as possible. We're not very good at it, but we try. I'm good at it. You're bad. You're not that good at it though, because you don't get to do it because I don't let you. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know. I feel like I need a Laura in my life. (laughs) I am also a workaholic. Yeah. Before we started recording, I just had one of my best friends over and I've just started like rearranging my whole apartment. So it feels like a home. Mm. And it felt like I was putting her to work because I was like, oh, do you think this? And then she just started rearranging the whole thing. I was like, oh, okay, now I feel bad. <laughs> oh no, that, like, I understand because I would be your friend. Like, if I have gone to my friend's houses to help them clean out their closets because they were like, oh, I think this weekend I'm just going to, like, you know, donate heaps of clothes to charity and I will volunteer yeah. to come over and help them because I just love that shit so Amy much. will make sure that job gets done. Oh, I love it. And she will not only clean out your closet, organising other people's out lives. the entire joy. house. Yeah. Like, I can't when, stop. When the whole COVID thing hit with what Amy can't was going to work, <laughs> Amy, like, tore the apartment apart mm-hmm. to, like, change and rearrange. And mm-hmm. I saw her, like, running out of things. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, you're just going to change it and rearrange it again. So I really have to, like, Mm. whoa i'm still not finished though <laughs> you're never finished i feel like that's the thing you never finish it be continued mm. um what this is a like i did not come up with this question p.s um this is the same friend that came over and helped rearrange the house mm-hmm. um what is your feelings on someone who isn't gay writing from the perspective of gay person or like a coloured person that isn't coloured writing about being discriminated but hasn't been in life? I loved this question. Um, So shout out to your friend who made this question Mm. because I think about this a lot um, and I think about it from the perspective of creating a character and a lot of the time as a writer, these characters walk into your brain fully formed Um, and I think in my opinion it's less about the focus on blatant appropriation and more about the creativity behind fiction that we should be focusing on. I think that there's a fine line that you can really walk between the balance. And I think for me personally, as an openly gay person, the more gay characters that I see in literature, the better. And I know I'm not trying to draw parallels between like sexuality and um, race or anything like that, but you know, I can only speak from my personal experience, but I want to see more characters (laughs) who are 
gender fluid. I want to see more, you know, characters who sit on a spectrum, who are dating, you know, a variety of people just because they're people. Like, you know, and I'm not looking at it going, well, this was written by this person, so it's not, you know, as legitimate. I look at the character as a singular thing. Um, but I can also understand so many instances where appropriation has happened and I think that it's also happened to the detriment of writers of colour. So we should be blatantly and wanting every single day to experience somebody else's, you know, journey from their particular perspective that is different from ours. Mm. Um, That's a great answer. Thanks. I get really nervous about this question because it's such a minefield, Um, but there are some amazing writers and commentators out there who have answered it far more eloquently than I or we ever could. Mm. Um, I do do agree with Laura, definitely. I think that from a writer's perspective, if I were to only write characters who were white and middle class and whatever age I happen to be at any given time for my whole writing career, it's going to get pretty fucking boring for me and for everybody around me who reads my work. Um, And, you know, writers find a niche and they stick to it and that's great. But, I mean, generally speaking, it's about imagination. It's about creating a story. So as long as you're not culturally appropriating something, it's okay, I think, to, you know, like dig deep, find that sense of empathy. Like when you're writing Mm. a character, you become that character while you're imagining that character into life. And so, I mean, you can only imagine as far as you can imagine you know like you can't step into the shoes of somebody from a different culture or a different background or whatever but you can certainly imagine yourself in there and that's the power of reading literature too because it teaches people how to be empathetic and how to understand things from other people's perspectives and how to use your imagination to become a fucking better person like yeah that's just kind of how it is so I think that it's a good like it's a good opportunity though to ask these questions and then to think to yourself like what diverse writers have I read you know yeah. so rather than thinking oh well, I, I need to write more diverse characters it's like no you need to read read first. more diverse authors <laughs> yeah. yeah and I think as well like there's a difference between I, there's been so many instances where you know writers have fallen into this stereotypical trope of what they assume that a character is meant to be mm. and I think that is where the the line mm-hmm. really draws for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like from my own experience, a character who exclusively dates women, mm-hmm. not all of us ride motorbikes and have shaved heads <laughs> and like, you know, do all of these things. Like I would love to own a motorbike, but like it's not the only thing that's identifiable with mm. me and my character. Like mm. I'm I'm always going to be more than my sexuality. So I think that mm. as long as, you know, those kind of characters go beyond this, you know, tired the stereotype. Yeah, yeah. The stereotype. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, one thing that really pisses me off about queer literature in particular is like the coming of age, um, coming out story. You know, like why does it always have to be so fucking dramatic and traumatic? Maybe it could just be like okay, or maybe there's not even a coming out story because maybe you can write something in which your characters are just like gender and sexuality diverse and fluid and it's not a thing like it's just not even a thing like it's just the normal world hmm. of the story like wouldn't that be wonderful if that's the world that we're moving into in real life but also in the world of literature like that's what i hope for so yeah yeah did you notice yeah. i didn't ask how you guys came out because i don't give a fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh thank goodness yeah. it's not very it's like how'd you come out because like everyone has yeah. a different coming out story and it can be triggering like of course i want to tell you like just tell you but like i see it as like that question for me is just like if you took away the author and you didn't know the author and you just read mm. yeah like, that's how you should see a book i feel at the end of the yeah. day yeah so it's not um, about the writer is it yeah yeah um, it's about imagining imagining the storyline and really taking that in at the yeah. end of the day, I feel. Um, I had to learn about this next question. Mm-hmm. So my friend Anna, who um, is really into books and stuff, and I feel like you all could, like, talk for years and years and years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think of the term chit lit? lit? Is that how you oh, pronounce it? Lit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. I hate this term. I like, so we've, we've both worked in um, 
commercial bookshops and the number one question I would get asked all the time and it starts very young. Parents would come in, where is a boy's book for my son? Mm. And I'm like, me being me, there's no such thing. I'll show you a really good book for your child. Let's Mm. talk about it. Mm. And I think that like, you know, there are so many elements to marketing and publishing and like marketing is at the helm because marketing makes money. So Mm. like, you know, you can identify visually a book that is categorized as chick lit by, Mm -hmm. you know, the use of pink, the use Mm -hmm. of cursive raised white text, Mm -hmm. like, you know, everything down to the color of the page is slightly different in a lot of the cases. Like I hate it. And, but that being said, I don't read it. I won't engage. Mm. I call it a airport read and a waste of my time. <laughs> so I'm like very biased. Yeah. On that. So. Laura hates chiclet because she hates actual chiclet, like what is classified as chiclet. So I think mm. that you're a little bit biased. Like I totally appreciate your point. And I also believe that books shouldn't be gendered, but you do also hate yeah. chiclet. Like you hate I should say you hate fiction that is like light and fluffy, predictable, meant to be read, like on the beach, written and then on shared a between your friends and like, you know, that kind of thing. Like it's very yeah, predictable, um, probably a happy ending, you know, whatever. <laughs> so Laura doesn't like anything like that. But yeah, I mean, I just agree with everything you said, like books shouldn't be gendered, but I can totally understand why they are because marketing, because money makes mm. the world go around. So I think that it would be nice if, people made more of an effort to a like a read outside their comfort zone. Like there is nothing wrong with somebody who identifies as male reading a book book with a pink cover, like Mm. fucking shock horror and no one should judge or be like worried about that. And that hopefully they wouldn't feel awkward about doing that. But, um, you know, I just think that that's just like, it's kind of just how the industry works at this stage. Mm. I just, I really do hate when um, parents ask for boy and girl books for their children because it all starts in childhood, you know, like yeah, gender segregation starts at birth yeah. <laughs> in our society and that needs to stop. So. Yeah. The biggest example of that is like the trouble for kids when they hit, you know, 11 or 12 and they're a really great reader the YA section of books splits like a fork. It's like books about monsters, fantasy, Mm -hmm. sci-fi and books about boys. Mm -hmm. Like there's no in between. So it's like you either read this or you read this. There's Mm -hmm. no like, here's a beautiful story for somebody Mm -hmm. who's a great reader, you you know, age 12, 13, Mm -hmm. 14. And that was my biggest gripe Mm -hmm. working in commercial books. But the worst thing as well is that, girls can kind of read anything Mm. like girls are kind of allowed to read anything whereas boys taking a pink book to school they're probably going to get teased whereas a girl taking a book with a black cover (laughs) and like a monster on it no one's going to blink twice so Mm. I mean like that's a whole nother kettle of fish though isn't it (laughs) the can of spoons I agree which is probably like a good leading into what is your thoughts on drag story time? We love, love it. it. I've been like so, so obsessed. Mm-hmm. So like I read this question today and I was so excited to answer it. When I was going through a super rough time when I was younger, I was like 22, 23. I watched RuPaul's Drag Race like it ain't no thing. <laughs> that was like all that I did. And it like, I don't know. I just got like, so obsessed with it, with it and so obsessed with the beauty and the fashion and the care that is taken to achieve this like beautiful results, but also showing a part of yourself on the outside, I think was like a really big thing for me. So seeing the drag story time come through for like young kids and seeing their reaction to it, it just like really made my freaking day, to be Mm. honest. Like I really, I love that idea. It's the best. I think it like, it kind of comes down to what we were saying earlier about, um, culture and just like the more diverse experiences that you're exposed to as an adult but especially as a child like the more that you can see parts of yourself reflected back to you or maybe it's not even a part of yourself reflected back to you but it's just somebody different with a different different, experience um, who maybe looks a bit different or acts a bit different to the norm 
I think that's really powerful to expose kids to at a young age. You know, it's like that, you know, like in a weird way, like I'm drawing a bit of a long bow here, but it's like um, the trend with like millennial parents, like our age who are buying dolls and toys from like different cultural backgrounds. So instead of just having these like beautiful, you know, blonde head, blue eyed dolls, they're having like African-American dolls and like, mm. you know, Asian dolls for their kids because it's nice for them to just like see, the see world and get used to something different than our whitewashed like little Newcastle bubble. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I, I agree. And I mean, because I do drag story time here in Newcastle. Um, my favourite thing is when I'm reading the books and talking to the kids and when there's like really negative things in the books that they don't agree with, they will shout like, no, that's not right. And, <laughs> stuff. and it's just like, they know what like bullying and how it's not tolerated anymore. And it's just like so crazy how much like from our age group can change to like the younger generation. I think like the younger generation coming through now is just going to be like so confused when they're having conversations with like our parents. Yeah, our age and being like why are you so against that and blah 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 and mm-hmm. it's just like it makes me like I think everyone knows that I'm not a big fan of kids like I actually hate kids <laughs> um, <laughs> and I say it all the time during a bingo show but when I go and do drag story time it just opens my world to like appreciating these small humans and that they have no filter I'm just like that should be us like yeah. we should be mm-hmm. shut down Um, because we don't shut them down when they've got (laughs) this open mouth Mm. where they're like that story is about you you're a boy in a dress and (laughs) the the answer is yeah that's that's what I am (laughs) Um, wow that's correct (laughs) um, and like I get to teach them about pronouns in a really fun way and all that kind of stuff so I'm loving that you guys love story time. So. You should come and do story time at our shop when we reopen. When we reopen, like I've always, I've tossed the idea around many times. Yeah, we like, actually spoke we... about it around Christmas. Yeah, and then life got really busy, crazy, and we didn't actually reach out to you. I was too nervous. Really? Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Really? Do you feel like a celebrity? Yeah. Most because I was, <laughs> I was a bit of a fan. Like I was a bit of a fan girl. Yeah, and she I was, was a bit like... of a fan girl. I was like a bit until right now. I was too nervous. <laughs> I mean, I kind of got like when I um, messaged you on Instagram the other day, and you're like, "Oh my god, yes!" <laughs> oh my god, I never reply to Instagram messages. I usually yeah. leave them and let Amy reply. Yeah, because Laura can't be bothered talking to people. She literally messaged me straight away and was like, "Oh my god, Timberlina wants to interview us for the podcast." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was exciting. Yeah. So 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 good. Um, do you need a top up? Aww. No, I'm good. good. I'm good. You good? Um, Well, yeah, anytime. I'm, like, so keen to do story times. And, like, I have a lot of adults wanting to do adult story time. Yeah, I see. So I read, like, kids' books that are for adults. It's just really cool. I'm trying to get my hands on some really cool books at the moment, but they're sold out worldwide. Mm. Mm. If you could choose an author to co-read with, who would you ask? <laughs> Charles Bukowski, and I know that he is no longer alive, mm. um, but I think I would just really love to meet him in person because he's so brash and such an asshole. And I <laughs> really would love to meet somebody who is so out there with that part of their personality. And he's like, I, I think he's a really great poet. Mm. I thought I was going to say J.K. Rowling, but I changed my mind as you were talking, and I think I would say Sylvia Plath. Oh, because who is also you know no longer with us, but she has a really beautiful voice. You can like listen to some of her poetry on YouTube, some original recordings from like the seventies or whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like she's kind of scary. I'm a bit scared of her, and I think it would make for a, a, a great experience. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I love that you've both gone with people that have passed. That's really cool. Interesting. How weird is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's weird. I think it's really cool. It's just like 
horses nowadays like get your act together <laughs> yeah <laughs> well maybe they just won't be as interesting to people until they die yeah, yeah. I feel like that's like, when like a like, lot of things like people are just like oh I wish I could have done that but now yeah 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 I feel like that's like all my serious questions <sighs> did you want to add anything before we get into our really fun questions I don't no, think so. No, no. I'm excited for the fun question. <laughs> yeah. So, like everybody, I don't think I, this is the first time I've done these kind of questions for the podcast. So this is how I'm going to start ending all of my podcasts. I'm like, I talk so seriously, and then I like need to like chill out at the end. Um, before yeah. We all go. Um, so this is another question from Anna. Anna reckons I should be saying this question all the time. So last hmm. meal on death row. Great question. We talked about this in the shower. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go first because I've known this question for the answer to this question for a really long time. Just to like interject, we talk about this kind of stuff all the time. Yeah. yeah this yeah. is like how we kind of entertain ourselves. Yeah. It's like with these weird questions. Yeah. Go on, Doc. Um, so I am a really big fan of a cheese plate. Like I, I just love a cheese plate. Um, so I would have a cheese plate entree and then I would have spaghetti bolognese and then I would have a bucket of ice cream. Okay, and that's me on. done. last year when we went to new york we went to this bar called the whiskey in brooklyn and it serves all of my favorite foods so like chicken wings tater tots whiskey (laughs) grilled cheese loaded fries all of that kind of like americana really bad stuff for you (laughs) that and like some really great whiskey and some ice water ice water yes just to like cool it down (laughs) Yeah, oh you gotta lay it all out. Yeah. I love that you just like ice water into that. <laughs> yeah. no, what is yeah. that? I know yeah. I've ever seen you drink ice water in my life. I usually get some when I go to the bathroom sometimes. I have my wings. I usually have wings Wednesday every week from the Falcon. Mm. That's yeah. one of the ways that we survive as a couple is by having solo nights. And so Laura's solo night of choice is to go to the Falcon when it's open and have her wings and beer. Yeah. Leave me home alone to, you know, sit with my thoughts. And, <laughs> and work. Yeah, yeah, probably. yeah, exactly. Laura has to give me a talking to before she leaves the house. She's like, do not do any work. What yeah. are you going to do when I'm gone? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Might just like <laughs> vacuum the floor. She's like, you will lie in bed and you will read your book. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. Um, who is the better dancer? Me. <laughs> I always want to say me, but then I remember that Enyu was once uh, an amazing, wonderful ballerina. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the better conventional dancer. I think that Laura's probably better on a D floor. She does a slut drop really well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's got the beauty for it, which I don't. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny. Every time Amy has a few wines, we have a ballet lesson. Yeah. I like to teach Laura ballet. <laughs> Where did you used to do ballet? Where? Yeah. Oh, I used to Same dance more. at, um, when I was like really young up to, I was 15, I danced at um, Natasha Noble, which is no longer in existence. It's now called Premier Dance. Um, and then I did my HSC oh. dance at Marie Walter Mann. And I was um, in the Australian Ballet School Interstate Associate Program from when I was nine to 16. So I used to go to Melbourne like, four to eight times a year and dance at the Australian Ballet. That's incredible. Yeah, it was like my life. Like it was Yeah, was I can imagine. Um yeah. so you studied full time, so you dropped like you, that was your schooling full time dance. No, no, I did school full time and then I did ballet six days a week and then I went to Melbourne. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Thirty one. So you'd know like Dan Reberge and Yeah. Isaac Isaac Houston and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, I was just a little bit older than them. They were in my sister's yeah. year at school. So when I was over in the US, not last year, the year before, I went out with Dan in Washington. Yeah. That was oh, a messy, messy night. <laughs> um, who was the better driver? Me. Amy always says her. I have not been in an accident. That's Amy just has. That's just luck. Been in numerous accidents, actually. And yeah, whenever I'm fault. driving... Amy likes to grab the steering wheel. Like I can just see her like sly little paw out of the corner of my eye. (laughs) Let me tell you why, in my defense, the reason I go to grab the steering wheel unconsciously is because because Laura likes to accelerate towards 
cars with their brake lights on it's for some weird correct. reason. Like she just, I just, I don't trust that you are looking properly in front of you. So I need to remind you, it's time to slow down. You're just speed like up. the theory of probability. <laughs> I don't grab the steering wheel when I'm in the car with you when you because drive. Because I'm an excellent driver and you no, trust me. <laughs> even though you've been in numerous accidents. I have never been in an accident, but you but still. you say it like I'm going out there causing all these accidents, which is not correct. You're like, you're like wreck it, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> So we will never agree on this question is the short answer. Do you know what? I read all these questions to mum today, my mum who listens to the podcast. She's Aww. like, these questions are going to break people up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you might be right. If we didn't already argue about this all the time, it could be true. <laughs> seasoned, seasoned round for round. Oh. See, because I would always, always say that I was the best driver, but probably mm. I'm not. But it's a hard <laughs> one to answer. Um, who has the better sense of humour? Me. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. I just laugh at all of Amy's jokes to make her feel good. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm kidding. No, Laura yeah, literally laughs at everything that I say. And also, Laura doesn't understand sarcasm a lot of the time. So when you try and make jokes sometimes, like, to the general public or people who don't know you, it doesn't really come across. Because That's when the Aspie comes Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you're a bit, like, you know you know <laughs> yeah i don't really get sarcasm a lot and i have to like it's if so i t- a lot of the time if i tell a joke i have to be like by the way that was a joke like laura just, just kind of skips along like she's in her own little world yeah and like having this conversation with herself in her head all the time and it doesn't always come across to goes other people's people. heads. yeah yeah but um i'm pretty funny <laughs> but, but i'm pretty funny <laughs> i'm the funniest i think we're both funny like i think that we we definitely laugh a lot. Like most of our relationship is laughing. Thank goodness. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Which is good. I think that's the key. Like if you aren't laughing, there's something wrong. And that's <laughs> what I say when I finish a show. I'm just like, if you didn't laugh at any of my jokes during a two hour period, I've done something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> then you go home and have an existential yeah. crisis. Yeah. <laughs> like I was in a relationship once with somebody for a couple of years who, um, just like I didn't realize until well after we broke up that we never laughed and that he, he was just not funny at all That's and so didn't think I was funny and then it wasn't until my brother said we were having like a DM a few months after we broke up and my brother was like you know like he was just like not fun <laughs> not funny mm. and I was like oh my god you're right and I just had this like mind-blowing moment of like that is that is the crazy thing about love. Like it is so blind yeah. that I did not notice for two and a half years that like we didn't really laugh together. And now I think like my relationship with Laura and I'm like, how did I survive? I must have been like a shell of myself. I probably was, but you know. Two, do you say two and a half years with no laughter? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I laughed at myself. I'm like, you know, I have really funny friends. So I'm lucky to have. Your you brother's very funny. Yeah. And I lived with my brother. Like, so I lived with my ex and my brother at the same time. And That's my brother's why. like the funniest person. Because so. Tom would have kept me going. Yeah. yeah. Balance. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy where like people change you and stuff. Um, people are so interesting. Um, have you ever shared a toothbrush? Yeah, yeah, all the time. Um, obviously, like when we forget one, like or the other, but it's usually me forgetting. I have like yes, a Laura accidentally uses my toothbrush. I have a really time. bad memory. So, but when Amy was away, I forgot. Like I literally forgot what color toothbrush was mine, and so I would just like grab a random one. And then when she got back, you know, like a month later with all this quarantine thing, I picked up what I then found out was her toothbrush, and she's like, "That's mine," and I was like, "Oh." I've been using this for like a month. Yeah. So, so obviously we threw them out. I mean, it's the middle of a global pandemic. Yeah. It's under my, it's under my pillow. <laughs> I sleep with mine now. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. <laughs> this one could be interesting. It's one of my last ones. Beauty terms aside, choose one word to describe your partner and why that word. I'll go first. Yeah. Um, the first word that comes to my mind when I think of Laura is fierce. Oh, yeah. Because you're fierce. Did not expect that. Really? What do you think I was going to say? I don't know. 
but nugget or something nugget <laughs> you are yeah. a nugget but also you're fierce like yeah there's and then I'm I mean fierce in like every sense of the word like Laura's fiercely loyal she's fiercely soft like she's fiercely loving like she does everything with this ferocity that I don't think I've ever seen before in anybody mm. else yeah um it's funny because like I was tossing up between two words between tenacious and um ferocious that's so weird yeah so I was gonna go with ferocious because like you do everything <sighs> so ferociously I don't know if I'd ever describe myself as ferocious it's really weird yeah but then also like tenacious as well like Amy does it like nothing stops Amy when she has her mind set on it and she is like the driver of everything she is just like this is what I want to achieve and this is how I really want to do it. And like, she puts everything like her heart and soul into it. And when she talks to you, she's putting her heart and soul into talking to you. It's just like, yeah, yeah. you really, you're, you're a go-getter. Am I? Yeah. I don't know if I knew that about myself. <laughs> yeah. You started secret book stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Amy also likes people, other people to tell me things about myself. Amy's sometimes. really bad at talking about herself. So I've taken upon myself to talk about her a lot. Mm-hmm. Amy has a PhD in creative writing. So technically oh she's God, also say that. a doctor. And so <laughs> I feel like a lot of the time you forget your own achievements I that do. have been achieved because of your tenacious and ferocious well, I'm just on to the next thing like I'm yeah I'm busy I'm already busy <laughs> yeah whereas so like, I'm like a, I'm like a big celebrator of I'm Amy's, a Taurus of Amy's achievements yeah Taurus I'm a Virgo yeah, I'm a bull. yeah. Mm. yeah I'm a Virgo what I are like you I'm a Libra mm. oh balance which makes no sense in what career I've taken so in advance <laughs> well like maybe kind of because you do get to like, you know, take one thing off, yeah, and put it back on when it's ready for you. So that's mm. like a sense of balance in your lifestyle. That's true, because mm. like when it comes to choosing food, I'm so horrible at that. <laughs> so is Amy. <laughs> yeah, I just don't like decisions in general. Nah. Yeah. Whereas like I just like to organize and judge people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a good hobby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are you ready for the last question? Yeah. Yeah. Pass on one piece of relationship advice. (sighs) (laughs) I'll go first this time. Um, My piece of relationship advice is always lead with love. So, yeah, I know. Um, Just remember why you got into this in the first place and lead from that place of love and everything else will tend to follow behind it's not a solver of all things and it's not the thing that you can rest everything on. But I think if you start on that foot of love, then, you know, the practical and logistical things will follow through. Mm. That's nice. Um, This is a very difficult question for me because I feel like I am in no way any authority in passing on advice, but I suppose um, something that I really strive to do is listen i think that it's really important to listen and hold space which then leads into seeing somebody for who they are and not who you expect or want them to be Hmm. which sounds like obvious but it's pretty wild how often we without even knowing or thinking kind of like filter the way we see somebody through the lens of our own perspective and Mm. like all of our old shit and our old stories and our expectations of ourselves and of other people. And like, you're not even seeing clearly because you've just got all this fog in front of you. If you wipe that all away and you just see the person in front of you for who they are and how they're presenting to you in any given moment, I think that's like one of the most important and valuable things you can do in a relationship. Yeah. Good job. I feel like they were very good answers and not just for like a relationship where you're like a couple, that's like mm. a relationship in friendship as well. Like both of those can answer that as well. Um, yeah. So I feel like that's relationship advice across the board. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, Human advice. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm closer with my friends now during the whole COVID thing that all of us as the most introverted collective mm-hmm. have no responsibility to see each other. And we're all like so much more engaged with each other. You're like lives. the best friends you've ever been. Yeah. With. It's amazing. <laughs> it's awesome. I also think it's like given people time to like realize that you don't need to be in each other's pocket the whole time. Yeah, yeah definitely. You need to listen and take that space between and recoup yeah. and find yourselves and be able to do whatever the fuck you want in life. Um, yeah, exactly. If you can't like fill up your own cup and separate yourself from other people, whether it's family or friends or um, a relationship, then you've got nothing to give anyway. So it's just like this vicious cycle of yeah tiredness. <laughs> and who's got time for that? Mm-hmm. Um, Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> no. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Um, did right. you have anything you wanted to say to finish it off or life advice or anything else you wanted to do? Um, I just think, like, um, books will save us all. I was going to, well, yes, mm-hmm. but I was going to say, like, be kind. And seriously, we'll save the world as well. Yeah. You know, like, books will save the world, but also kindness will save the world because kindness encompasses everything it encompasses seeing people with love it encompasses acceptance and respect and like you know everybody coming together under one umbrella because we're treating each other nicely so we need you've heard it here first be kind um i hope you've enjoyed this episode of yes queen thank you so much for joining me i've learned so much and I've now need to be kinder to people so thank you thank you thank you (laughs) thanks for having us that was really fun of course of course Thank you for listening to Yas Queen. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe, and tell your friends and family. If you have any questions about anything and everything, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Yas Queen Podcast and send them through. Once a month, we'll compile all the questions and have them answered by queers and allies from around the country. Until next time, my name is Timberlina, top shelf talent. Pour yourself double. Peace out. Love you all. Bye.